This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, this is The Breakfast Grill. I'm Keith Kam. People's love or disgust for the durian has always been a prickly subject, but there is no denying that this is an industry that is set to nearly hit $10 billion US dollars by 2027, according to market research company Technavio. That is good news as Malaysia is one such country where some of the best and most diverse varieties of durians thrive, and the most well-known one is the Musang King. Malaysia's Hernan Corporation is in the durian business business, marketing and distributing its products to Australia, the US, the EU, Hong Kong and of course China. And we have once again on this program the company's founder, Anna Teo. Welcome back, Anna. Good morning, BFM. Actually, a lot has happened since you were last on the Breakfast Grill in June 2022. So congratulations because you were named 2022 EY Woman Entrepreneur of the Year and you also became a Datuk last year. Well, yeah, <laughs> thank you. I mean, yeah, this is part of my journey, but I think I kind of of like enjoying it and thank you for the acknowledgement and of course I will still continue to prove myself. How have these achievements changed you and helped your business? Well, of course, these kind of awards, um, it bring a lot, not just myself, but my whole entire team. Mm-hmm. And of course, the recognitions from the organisations and who, who actually given me the award. And yeah, it, it actually drive my company to the next level. And everybody is looking forward, you know, to get better and better. So yeah, I, I mean, what the kind of award I do encourage, you know, especially those that those really premium and those uh, really carry weights mm-hmm. kind of award, I do encourage, especially those that comes with, you know, women and power thing and I'll be the first one to be, you know, to champion myself, to prove myself where especially comes to this kind of industry that normally they nominated my men and yeah. women can prove it and and we got the recognitions, you know, especially the Women Empowering or the Women Export Award. Well, I tell you, I do not know how to express it but it's an assurance. What's the feedback that you've gotten from your fellow women entrepreneurs? Have they been sort of inspired by what you have done? Yeah, I got a lot of uh, invitations, you know, for a speaker or to give a lot of motivation talk and I'm, of course I would like to share I mean this is part of my CSR which I love to share you know how I, I can transform myself mm. from what I was before and I always have this dream if you have a passion you have a dream yeah things will come to reality. When you spoke to us in 2022, you were targeting durian fruit production to hit 1,500 tonnes and that was supposed to be 200 tonnes more than in 2021. How has that worked out so far? We are above that, frankly, Mm -hmm. but of course we are targeting bigger export volume. But we have a lot of challenge because currently, if you notice, the the climate is not supporting and not helping us. Yeah, yeah. Hot and humid weather, long rainy day. You know, we we have a lot of challenge in making our yield uh, success. Nevertheless, I think that doesn't stop us. Yeah, we we are continuing looking for help from you know the um, modernizations of agriculture, good technique. And of course, IOT to help us to do a lot of studies, especially when it comes to agriculture. We just can't go to the old school. We still need to depend on data. I, I do get some help from some professor from university to guide us, you know, to embark into the modernizations of farming. You have acknowledged this since we last spoke in 2019 and even 2022, the impact of climate change. What have you put in place to mitigate these impacts on your business? There are two ways, uh, long term and short term, right? So uh, for the short term, I think we have to brace, yeah, of course, what kind of irrigation system and 
all this kind of investment, we must be ready. And for our future farming, I think we make sure that we, we, we select the correct location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we be that they should have sufficient of spring water and, you know, that the valley is not too dry and right. you know it would definitely this would definitely help us indirectly rather than going to a very dry spell place and we plant it and our chances of us survive is very low how has ai played a part in your work believe it i was the first one to champion it last year when i first announced with mdac that we are the first one to mm. do the durian grading with our AI. Be it, we all understand the cost of labour is getting higher and higher each year. Yes. And of course, we want to be accurate. We want to be getting the right grading for our customer, especially, you know, the price of durian is not cheap. We sort of like come up with uh, new inventions of grading system, meaning we go through a, a auto grading that can do the uh, segregations of fruits to make sure that, you know, that accuracy is actually not through human error. Still doing it, yeah. We are trying to improve to ninety nine percent accuracy, but this itself actually not only just the um, help of the cost reductions from manpower, but also give us some branding. You talk about cost quite a bit as well when we last spoke, and you mentioned it just now. So I think fertilizer logistics they really come into play for you guys. What has the situation been like in the last one year? Well, good news is we kind of like stabilise it. I think logistic, I think things go back to norm. And in fact, sometimes we do get some good deals, especially now we are talking about air cargo. Yeah, especially the volumes actually does help us by getting a cheaper rate from mm. either the ship liner or the airlines. So fertiliser, I think, yep, things are getting more in control. So the supplies has gone stable and the price are quite reasonable. I mean, of course, you know, between our budget. I have to bring this up as well. In 2019, Navy's Capital, they pumped about 95 million US dollars into Hernan to fund expansion plans. And that included acquiring 10,000 acres for plantations. Has that happened and, and has that amount increased since then? What, what is the latest on this? Well, yes, we have completed the acquisitions on the plantation, yeah. yeah, PE, yeah, we all know they are very careful in their investment money. So, yeah, we, we have drawn down quite a lot. And in fact, you know, we have to prove the uh, total strategy and what is our plan in the short term and long term. And what they want to hear in the music to their ear is ROI, you know, how, how you can break through and how fast you can bring the money and what the kind of multiple that you're giving them. So I think, yeah, we are, we are doing quite well. And uh, they are still our very good support partners as giving us a good financial support. What's yeah. the conversation like with them in terms of the ROI, are they happy with what you are producing for them? So far, what we discussed for our pre-MNA was I think everything is as per what we have discussed. So, yeah, I think we are on track. So we are looking for the next, you know, what we can do. We are looking for uh, other partners that we can help us, especially from our customer side from China, mm-hmm. that we can we can do some strategic, you know, um, investment together because understand that you know the China market moves too quick mm-hmm. yeah be it where we want to go in you know on ourselves to do the investment I think that's not a good strategy so we are open yeah we are looking and in fact we are we are trying to close some deal with our China partner that can work together and bring us to the uh, overall China market that we don't have to go in ourselves and we can eventually share the profit are all your factories now maxed out I think you have four right because you spoke to us about the difficulty in meeting demand from the various markets you sell to, which is actually a good problem to have, I suppose. Have you solved that problem since then? We are still expanding. Yeah, we are getting, we are acquiring land and now we have got some lights that we will be get some approval from China mm-hmm. that we can actually fresh fly in the fresh fruits. So be it, I think the overall layouts and structure 
could be different from what we have currently for all the frozen durian. So we are looking, yeah, we are we are looking at another plot that we will be building in in Pahang instead of uh, in lodging because I think in lodging is quite challenging, especially the total infra is not ready. But we are waiting for the time where the full harvest is ready, then we will go in. Or else I think we will spend quite substantial and the total output doesn't give us that kind of ROI. Yeah, you did. Talk to us about the plans to build a 50-acre fully automated factory in lodging. Has that panned out? Oh, yeah. We are still talking with the uh, state government. Yeah, like I just mentioned, our current output doesn't give us the current action where mm-hmm. we, will, we will put that on hold, but we will build somewhere near in Kara another one because don't forget, not only just lodging. I think our Pahang and the surrounding area are also contributing quite a lot of fruits and a lot of new trees with new harvests is coming in. You know, when you talk about lodging, right, I'm always reminded about how the Orang Asli in that area, they had erected a blockade to prevent companies from encroaching into their ancestral lands to clear trees for durian plantations. Is that the challenge that you are referring to just now when you talked about the lack of infrastructure? Well, okay, the infrastructure actually coming in to build, a, I would call it the full IR 4.0 kind of factory. We need you know, electricity, you know, sufficient mm-hmm. electricity, water supply, we need our internet, all this. So that is the most critical, I would say, uh, infra that needed if you want to start up a huge factory. So be it, we had to speak to all the relevant parties to give us the support, especially this is like building a new township. Right. Right. Talk about, you know, Orang Asli and all this. I think we don't have so much of this problem. What we do is we engage them in, in our uh, work around our farm. So they're given a job and, you know, we, we do do help them in a lot of ways to help these people to get proper living and education and what's not. We are doing, a, there's a series of programs that we are running, especially on the ESG part. But you have plantations in lodging itself. Yes, we do. Yes. How do you ensure that, uh, I mean, they've been experiencing things like landslides and mudslides and floods and all that in that area? Well, I think we don't really do forestry farming, right? We are trying to um, get what we have from our previous palm oil clearance. Mm-hmm. So we redo uh, do replantation. So I think this kind of erosions and all these things is happening because lodging is quite near to Cameron Highland. Correct. So there are certain um, tasks has been put in place. So my partners from the plantation side are doing most what they can do to actually to, to make sure that, you know, the mother nature is not being destroyed. And well, that tells me that a lot of uh, capex that we have put in to actually to ensure, yeah, especially also we have certain um, well live animal. We're also doing some collaborations with the local government, you know, that if they can, you know, take them to, you know, build a sanctuary to keep them and make sure that, you know, they are not affected totally from all this. So, so we, we are very aware. This ESG thing, you know, is a must and it's one of the first priority that we had to consider before we go in, you know, when we come to farming. On the breakfast grill this morning, we have Dato Anna Teo, the founder and CEO of Hernan Corporation. On the other side of the break, we ask Anna how she's doing in convincing Western markets that the durian is fragrant and not really that stinky. BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill. Brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Breakfast Grill, where we have in the studio this morning, Dato Anna Teo, the founder and CEO of Durian Planter, Manufacturer and Exporter, Hernan Corporation. Now, Anna, back in mid-2022, you did disclose to us that China made up 85% of Hernan Corporation's export market. How has that market grown since? I think our China market is even bigger now. Because oh, wow. as I mentioned, you know, 1.4 billion population from China. 
be it just one customer just place an order of 100 containers, I think that will cover the entire international markets that I have. Mm-hmm. Well, we had to accept, yeah, the uh, high demand is from China. I just had a trip back from Bangkok and I, I study what the Thai do because we need to understand what our competitor or our neighbouring country is doing. And especially China opens up the durian for Philippines, Vietnam. And wow, the emerging is crazy. And we need to understand the market early before things mm. come to my hand that is beyond control. And I, I was shocked when it was presented, Thailand only export 80,000 tons of durian to China. Right. So be it if you do a maths calculation. You're a long way away, actually. We are far away. Yeah. But if 80,000 tons of durian going into China via Thailand, look at the numbers, 1.4 billion. They are taking about 0.6 kilo a year per person. So that tells me that, wow, there's a big market there. They're still big because if Thailand is carrying 0.6 kilo a year... Where are we? So what are we doing that is lacking that Thailand is doing? Well, what, I think, what can we learn from them? Okay, we have to admit we are not an agriculture country. Yeah, mm-hmm. We don't have that kind of support from, you know, maybe the uh, universities like in Thailand, they are very strong. You know, they have all this lab, they have all these professors to go down, mm-hmm. yeah, really turun padang to help them. Where I think this is something that I, I appreciate the government will come in because this is not ordinary agriculture. The GDP that brings in is quite substantial. It can be the next after palm oil. I'm not sure. But I believe it will be one day. So when the, the farmers has come to a point where they are lost, where we all this damage of trees and all this, they should have a place for them to come out, you know, where they can actually solve their bacteria issue, you know, all this pets that attack their trees. I mean, this ought to be done in a short time. But being, you know, we know that our farmers, um, majority are all these, I would say, old school boys. Right. They're kind of struggling. And we, we do see certain disease actually been trying to swipe up the uh, plantation. But are they using the correct technique or are they using the correct chemical to control this? I think this is not widely educated. Where I hope that, you know, I can play a part, you know, that I can bring in good knowledge that I can share mm. and the uh, farmers will not badly affected. Yeah, despite we hear that they're making a lot of money, but sometimes we do see certain farmers really suffer because the wrong technique has been used and their 20, 30 years trees has been totally gone. So this is what I see that, you know, we need to, bring in good things and A lot share. that we can learn. La. Of course. 85% was your revenue to China. You said it's a lot more now. How much of your income comes from China? I think we hit 90 to 92, yeah. Th- does that make you feel a little bit nervous to, to depend on one country? Of course. But I mean, it's unique that you have that B2C market over there also, right? What, what do you do to not make you feel so nervous? Well, this is a very, very interesting topic where... You cannot say no to your customer where actually we are still undersupplied to China. One customer can place an order where we can't even fulfill the order and we want to go and champion ourselves to other countries. That doesn't mean much to me where, you know, when a customer that really can digest all your supply, why are you championing yourself to, you know, to open up a new market? But I understand the risk management. But I think we are trying gradually, we're trying to do something. But nevertheless, despite how much we do for other countries, the orders coming in is still, you know, cannot beat what China is asking. And a lot of people are going to Indonesia, but Indonesia have their own durian supplies, yeah, whether the kampung or their own durian they have. But I was told they are also doing massive of plantations of Musang King. 
So I think this is something very challenging for those who are new to this industry that you want to really start planting. I think you have to do your market research. You know, what kind of strategy that you want to play and how you want to digest the fruits in the market, whether it's domestic or international and what kind of client that you are targeting. Are there any other international markets that strikes your fancy as a potential to go in besides China? Well, we tried Japan and Korea, but frankly, I think not so much as yeah, demand coming in from China. As I mentioned that the population from China that they have, most of them have not actually tried what is Musanking and there's still big market there. If you really ask me, I think I'm still trying. Of course, we got still have a very good demand from US especially, yeah, mm-hmm. from all these surprising, those uh, big hypermarkets. I think gradually we will have some new fans, I would say new durian lover coming beyond Asia. Okay, so you, you talked about the fact that besides competing with Thailand, mm-hmm. there's also Indonesia, Vietnam and the Philippines that are coming online. What I've been reading is that China themselves on Hainan Island, they saw their first durian harvest with about 2,450 tonnes. Your production is 1,500 tonnes. They've been cultivating something like 206,000 hectares are you worried of this new rival, especially since you know it's a local durian for the local consumption in China? Keith, I think not only you, everybody is haunting me with this. Uh-huh. Good is I met the professor who is actually from Hainan that we all gather in Thailand and he reassured all this data was not right. And he also shared in the slides that, you know, they have a lot of challenges more than this. Yeah, of course, the technique, the knowledge of durian is not as strong as this. But they have this typhoon that really can destroy whatever in their plant, mm-hmm. right? Be it whether the tree will be affected by the typhoon or during harvest or during flowering, whether it be possible for them to sustain that kind of yield. They themselves are worried. Okay. So they reassured me at that day, they say, don't worry, we can't do this because first, they don't have sufficient land and also they don't encourage this kind of massive planting because they know their challenge and they are doing this. I think maybe part of it is actually promotion. They may be part of ecotourism. Yeah, but they don't really think that this kind of durian planting in China is going to be massive and it's going to supersede and take over all the supplies from this Asian country. Have you tasted their durians? Um, they are not our species. They are the Thai Montong, where I think those durian lovers who knows how to indulge durian, they will have their preference. I'm not going to say what they're going to choose, but I think those that who knows, they will choose Mosanking. Yeah. You're speaking to the converted here. Anna, I have your financials until the end of December 2022. You recorded more than 180 million ringgit in revenue. That's a 15% improvement from the year before. And that came after 2021 numbers, which were 75% more than 2020. Maybe you could share with us what 2023 has been like for you. Well, last year was very challenging. As you all know that, you know, China is not doing well. Mm-hmm. But we are still at par with what our budget, but uh, slightly lower. Of course, climate does play a very important role. And of course, the demand from the China has going a bit more picky. Yeah, not all durian exportable. They only select those perfect shape, perfect segment, you know, um, those that has perfect colours, aroma, old trees. That gives us a lot of hurdle and a lot of challenges to find those kind of demand. We still have to comply because I think they are paying quite substantial amount for the kind of fruits. So, yeah, we hope this year we can make it through because last year wasn't a good year because the Lanina takes place, right? We, we do have a lot of challenges in getting our yield and... 
yeah, most of them who doesn't manage well their farm, they're not making. You are still loss-making though, at least from what I see from 2020, the losses are also widening. Also, your margins are in the negative 7-odd percent. Are you concerned? It's Navis capital concern about well, this. of course they do. But frankly, I think this is part of our strategy. Yeah, we had to get ourselves prepared for the big supplies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have done quite a lot of investment. So we take this one, two years as our investment year. We put in place our facilities and whatnot. But of course, last year, the supplies, we hope to have more supplies, but it didn't come in with the kind of shape and the kind of fruits that we have. And most of our supplies, I think we, we dropped by 40%. Yeah, so that's one of the impact. Yeah, I know it doesn't come in with the numbers now, yeah. but we need to prepare. But you need to invest or else how are you going to do big numbers in the front? So, well, I think this is the right time. We are gearing this year, 2024, even though we know China is soft, but we have got our customer ready that we will definitely uh, do our best to actually to supplies. And in fact, actually last year, it's not the numbers that put us down. It's actually it's the supplies. What about the profitability? Are you looking at, you know, what sort of timeline are you looking to turn profitable? Um, in fact, we are touching this year, 2023, we are closing. We are already in the green number. But wait till our financial accounts comes in and then I think it's good to share. But when this gearing up, I think we can see, you know, better. But in fact, because of the, um, uh, we have some plans, right? Because we have invested quite a lot on this IR 4.0 in our downstream factories. Because of the manpower issues and of course of this food safety and all, mm. I have put in a lot of investment like, you know, robotic arm, AI and all this. Does actually give me some stress. But nevertheless, you know, when you invest with all these accreditations of the factory hygiene and food safety, you'll be surprised. This year, you see my numbers. I got very good MNC coming in to actually to work with me to actually give me the confidence of our supplies that will meet their demand. We will come up with something. The whole strategy will change. I think we can't just focus on just durian for now, even though the supplies is not there. When we can do some diversify because the investment already put in place, we can actually do something a bit beyond durian as long as we can bring in, you know, the profit. I think that will help, and of course, to convince my investor, especially Nevis, to give me the green light, you know, to do something beyond. And what we had to do is we have to eventually put in a lot of innovation. That also money, yeah. Mm. That also because we want to be different from the rest. So with more R&D, with new innovation, that tells we are different. And this kind of investment we do actually attracts a lot of people who doesn't know how to produce this and putting their orders to us. What is beyond durian? Uh, maybe we want to do beyond durian flavours. Maybe some things that, you know, like to the common taste like, as you know that I do, I do produce ice cream, right? Those common flavours like vanilla chocolates and we add in a little bit of durian or some are just purely without durian. As long as the production takes place, what my my aim is actually to fill up all my production capacity at least to 75%. So we are achieving it this year. We already put in place all our contracts as in. Well, I hope I have not even public IPO yet or else my share will go up. But anyway. Is, uh, is IPO part of your plans? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, of course. Um, but I think I really had to get myself ready. Whatever this IPO or we want to have future investment partners or what, I think I have to prove my numbers. I need to get my multiple right in order for me to put myself to get another chance of fundraising. Anna, thank you very much for coming in and sharing your thoughts and all the best to you. 
Thank you so much, Keith, and I wish everybody happy Chinese New Year here and hope to see you guys again. On the breakfast grill this morning was Durian Queen, Anna Teo, the founder and CEO of Hernan Corporation. I'm Keith Kam for BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.